Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey, where we aim to bring compelling tennis stories to life. As you're listening today, it'd be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow. It's free, you know. So, as listeners to the podcast will know, tennis really has brought a tremendous amount to my life. It's brought me friends, it's introduced me to my wife, it brings our family a great amount of pleasure on an ongoing basis. But, you know, when I, I was researching today's guest, I came across an article on the LTA website and it, and it had a headline that said, how tennis saved my life. You know, and as I, as I read the article, I was really immersed into the world of a man who has faced some incredible challenges. You know, who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2012, and who has had some, you know, really dark days. Yet through the challenges and through the dark days, tennis has always been a, a beacon that's shining bright. And so I'm very much looking forward to hearing about the tennis journey of tennis coach Ollie Jones. Ollie, welcome to the show. Good morning, Rob. Thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure, you know, and I mean, Ollie, I know, you know, you've faced incredible challenges and, you know, we're going to come on to that. I know tennis has been that that constant positive, but first of all, my friend, how did your tennis journey begin? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I, so, I mean, it was, it was, I was about nine or 10, I think, and I was, I was playing football in my back garden and I became became aware of um of the next door but one house had kids were similar my age and one morning a ball came over into the garden and um I kicked it back and we started just like over the top of the fence having a chat and got to sort of know them a little bit and they said that um uh, that they that they play tennis every now and again and would I like to come and have a go and I said it, I was quite you know I was fairly sporty as a, as a kid I like uh, like football and cricket but I'd never never had a go at tennis and um, I went down with them to the local tennis club in Grimsby so St James Tennis Club and immediately fell in love with it um, and uh yeah just it was just the most as i as i sort of as i sort of grew up i started playing more and more um and yeah like i said just fell, fell in love with the place the people the atmosphere um and yeah just uh, just just went from there basically i love that that it started over a fence and it sounds like was there a garden in between the fence and then the other guys so you were kind of shouting out and they were spreading the gospel of tennis over the fences of grimsby exactly um, that that was it that was it mate and funnily funnily enough you know over the years we kicked so many balls into that back garden and um we we never got them back he was so he was so grumpy and after after a while we found we found out that he wasn't just not giving us our balls back he was storing them in his garage and one day we went round there and there were there were hundreds of footballs in the garage that he just refused to give back so uh, yeah it's an interesting one love that brilliant brilliant i mean ollie you know i was reading you've done some incredibly compelling pieces um I'll put some links of them onto the onto the the podcast. Um, you know, on, on mental health awareness. And I was really sad to read that your you know your dad committed suicide when you were only eighteen months old. Um, I mean, growing up without your dad, it must have had a, a tremendous impact on your life, huh? Oh well, it did. It did. Yeah. I mean, the the thing the thing about it was was that obviously I was. I was really young, so very young, being you know only eighteen months old. So I, I have no, I have no memories of him. I just have, I just have stories. And his, you know, from from that from that side of uh, from my dad's side of the family, and um, you know, it was a case where all these stories. By all accounts, he was a you know he was sort of life of the party, amazing you know amazing guy. Everybody loved him, this type of stuff, and that sort of made me want to want to know him even more. But like you know, I on the on the flip side of that, Rob, you know, I I, I did lose my dad to you know to suicide, and he was obviously very unwell at the time. But 
my mum then met um, my stepdad, uh, Roger, when I was about four. So I, I never wanted for anything when I was growing. We had a we had an absolutely lovely upbringing. And, you know, I, I love my stepdad to, to pieces. He, you know, he treated me like, uh, you know, like his like his own son. So, you know, I, I, I did have that. I wasn't without a, a father figure, but, you know, have, not having my sort of biological dad, it, it, does, it does leave a hole and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, sort of unanswered questions that that I'll never get, you know, that I'll never get to um, sort of speak to him about. So um, it does, you know, it, do, it it does rear up every every now and again. Um, but yeah, difficult. It, it it has been difficult. Really difficult. Yeah, I completely understand. And I'm guessing, you know, as and and whilst you had that, it's great that you know. I mean, I've got a stepdad and a stepmom, and both of them are. You know, I love to pieces. They're both great, and um, and that's that. That really helped me. I think actually, it's nice to have that, isn't it? Um, but you know, it, it it must have had a big impact. And and I guess you know, the tennis is a theme coming back to is that is a positive. And you know, we did you end up playing a lot as a junior? Was it something that having started playing over this fence, you know, did you, <laughs> you really get stuck in and and play a lot? I did. I yeah, I did. I I, I played a lot. And I, like I said, I got I got really in. I got really into it as um, um, once it's you know sort of as a sort of 11, 12 year old kid. Uh, I I used to go down there for coaching for group coaching on a you know on a Saturday morning, Wednesday night, and then as I you know as I got older and got and and got more into it, I. I mean, I, I was never any any great shapes as a player, well, but I did. I played. I, I I worked my way to sort of play county for you know for for Lincolnshire, up to up to under 18s. Never played men's. wasn't 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 good enough. wasn't good enough. But I I I, I loved it. I loved the whole. Um, I just loved the whole sort of culture that 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 it had because, you know, I I'd, I'd come home from I'd come home from school. Um, I'll try and do my homework. Sometimes I didn't, but most of, most of, most of the time I do my do my homework. And then my you know my mum would be really happy for me just to you know to ride my bike down to the club and just because it was such a such a lovely place to be a safe place. Um, I mean, going back going back to it now. Um, I mean, I think I think I was quite initially. I was quite a, I was quite a cocky kid at, 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 at that sort of age, and and didn't realise at the time what you know what I had in uh, in in St James was that I, I can remember one time. I think I was I was a bit rude to one of one of the uh, one of the committee members down there, and and they called me they called me supercilious, and I didn't know what supercilious meant. I had to go I had to go back to I had to go back to my mum and ask ask what it meant, and it turns out it means you're pretty sort of pretty sort of cocky. And I was I was mortified, I was mortified, but uh, you know going back to it the the, <laughs> the 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 club itself was it was. Um, it was thriving. It had an amazing junior section. It had an amazing adult section, team section, brilliant sort of social side of it. And it was just a, it was just a small club, a little club in Lincolnshire in Grimsby. And the, you know, the, I really, really appreciate now um, the role of volunteers and what they have to play in, in tennis clubs, because it was just, it, you know, and, and it's something that I've sort of tried to bring into my sort of sort of coaching sort of style over the years. A lot, a lot of the coaching that I do, all the games and things are still nicked from when I was, you know, when, when I was a kid and the stuff that I did with the coaches down there. So, um, yeah, uh, and it's such a shame. It's such a shame because now, I mean, it's every now and again, I go down there to have uh, to have a look and and. Uh, you know, it's it, unfortunately. I don't. It's not the same place uh, uh, as it used to be, and that's what makes me think of, you know, again the role that that volunteers and people that give up their time for for tennis clubs in this yeah, country so um, it is absolutely massive. Yeah, so important. And, and the, the thing that I that that you know I'll, I'll keep coming back to through our interview, and it's because I think it's the same for me is the sense of belonging that tennis gave you. You know, and and that sense of the extended 
family, which was the club and which is the culture and which is, you know, the juniors and the committee and the coaches that make a tennis club have the potential to be such a wonderful place. And, you know, if, if I'm honest, I've never heard of the word super, What's he against? Super silly, super silly. I think. I think it is. I might have that. I might have that wrong. You might have I've seen never heard of that. I've never heard that. <laughs> but I love that word. And if I'm honest, you know, you know, I've, you know, I, I, I had my challenges with my behaviour as a child, but tennis gave me the, the sense of belonging, and I was very much supercilious. I remember. <laughs> I, 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 I love that word, man. I, I went to on an American tennis uh, I went on a scholarship to university and I played tennis over there and um, I remember uh, an American sort of year she was a senior I was a freshman and she came up to me at the pool table and she was like are you that cocky English kid and, uh, <laughs> if she only she'd used the word supercilious man it would, it would have been even better I've just found it, mate. It, it, apparently, it means behaving or looking as though one thinks one is superior to others. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't believe it. Wait, <laughs> that, that is a brilliant word. Come on. Brilliant. <laughs> and then, I mean, coming through, when I guess because of the fact that this was a place where you felt safe, where you felt happy, where you were excelling, because to play county tennis is excelling at any level, regardless yeah. of if it's junior or county, was it always then a, a progression that you were going to go into coaching? Is that always what you wanted to do? How did that come about? Uh, I, um, I suppose because, because obviously I was at the, you know, I was at the, the club during my sort of formative years. So I, once I got to about 14, 15, maybe, yeah, sort of 14, something like that, I, I, I was asked to sort of help out with the, with some of the junior coaching on um, on, on on Saturdays, and I, you know I think they sort of you know they paid paid me a couple of quid to you know to come and to come and help out, and I just found that I that that I really that I really loved it and sort of helping you know helping others and helping you know it was it was it was sort of, you know what would be mini what would be sort of mini red stuff now and also sort of sort of junior club sort of club players where I'd sort of, you know I'd sort of hit in and try and give you know sort of try and give some advice to um to others and I just sort of I just got involved and and and, and really really you know obviously playing tennis myself but then go on to do a little bit of coaching like the following hour and it was just it was you know like I say I was I was just immersed in the whole atmosphere of the of, of the place which was so positive um yeah. and um yeah just sort of just sort of went from there because I you know throughout you know sort of throughout my sort of teenage years I then I then went on to sort of coach during the holidays I I um coached down in down in Oxford on a tennis camp like Jonathan Marks and tennis camp oh. down down in Oxford so I spent a lot I, I I did some stuff over in in Spain as well um at Lou Hodes Tennis Club and just, you know, because I love, I mean, tennis has been my life for a long time, Rob, and I just, you know, it, it was, it almost was sort of seamless that, that, you know, what am I going to do for, you know, what am I going to do for a holiday job? Do I want to, you know, do I want to go and, you know, work in, in Topshop or something like that? Or do I want, or, you know, I can, I can do something that I love. So that, that's, that's how it, that's how it sort of progressed from there really I know like um yeah I mean you know for anyone's listening you know who's of the who's got children perhaps who are kind of 14 15 16 when you're 16 you can do your level one and at that age I was washing pots in a kitchen yeah it was, exactly it was not easy work and you know a level one tennis coach can earn a decent amount of money so yeah come on man and so you ended up coaching you know you've been you've been a tennis coach you've been through the journey tennis is a massive part of your life but you know when when did you first realize Ollie that, that that you were struggling from a mental health perspective um so I think probably my my sort of early early 20 late teens to sort of early 20s um because you know it wasn't it 
it wasn't so acute back then. It sort of started with, because I've, I've, I've got bipolar and that, may, that means that I, you know, if you can imagine you've got a window of sort of rational thinking with, with me or with people with bipolar, you can go beyond that in, 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 in both ways. So obviously your mood can swing really low um, to the point where, you know, I have been suicidal over the years, but equally it can go the other way where you have these sort of manic episodes that, you know, you can last for, you know, days on end with no sleep and more and more energy. And initially it's, you know, it's amazing, but it, it becomes unsustainable. Uh, and eventually you sort of have a massive crash. And that's, that's how it sort of happened over the years. But initially, you know, I, I'd have sort of days where, um, you know, I didn't want to get out of bed. I was just a bit, I, you know, I was, I, was, I was just a bit struggling, uh, struggling, sorry, sorry, struggling a bit with sort of motivation and energy levels. Um, and I didn't really think much, you know, sort of much about it at the time, but that sort of, that, they, they gradually, those sort of episodes, I mean, I have, my, with my bipolar, I, I tend to suffer with, with um, more depressive episodes than the manic episodes. I have, I have had, I have had both, but it, you know, when I'm, when I'm poorly with my mental health, it generally tends to be a sort of depressive episode and they throughout my 20s that just that gradually got a bit worse to becoming a lot worse and I was I became very ill at um you know when I was when I was around about 30. Hey, I'm just so grateful that you know you you you're willing to come on to the show and talk about it because I think it's one of those things isn't it that even though you know I know like I know more and more people are feeling comfortable enough to be open about it but i'm guessing that still a massive problem is that people who are who feeling depressed or you know they, they they don't know what to do they don't know who to talk to what to do you know and if if there is if there are people out there you know i i think i'm right in saying ollie that suicide's the biggest killer of young men in this country you know i, I read this in a piece you've done bigger than cancer bigger than heart attacks bigger than road accidents you know if there are people out there who are suffering but they're suffering in silence what's your message to them you know what should they be doing what can they do this, this yeah i mean this is such a this is such a difficult topic because it's sort of um, almost a bit of a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy at the time, because if you're, um, just think about how to put this. If you're, if, so if you're, if you're feeling suicidal, you're obviously very, very poorly um, at the, you know, or, you know, if you're really low, it, it, it and it, it doesn't just, it doesn't just affect you mentally it starts to affect you physically as well so you you know you can't I mean there are days where you know I just I me personally I'd be crying on end I, I can't you know frightened to pick up the phone or talk to anybody just in case there's anything slightly negative when it realistically there's you know it's just a it's just a phone call and people are you know worried and and concerned about you and you know i'd be days where i where i days on end where i wouldn't get out of bed i'd be so you know so upset hide myself away in the dark you know you don't look after yourself so you know think simple things like showering cleaning your teeth things like that so you know at, at the time you you really don't you know you don't want to speak to people and this is the difficulties because obviously you know generally speaking your your friends your friends and family surround you are, are desperately trying to you know sort of sort of get get in touch so it's quite a it's it's a, it's a difficult thing to try and explain because even though you desperately need some help you, you probably there, you know there, there are going to be occasions there where you where you can't physically a, a, accept it so um the, mm. you know the initial thing uh, i would the the initial thing is to is to try and is to try and talk to people and and to just to start to start to open up and you know if I've got any sort of advice for sort of friends and family of people that might be that might be struggling is to really try and open up those those conversations but tread lightly tread lightly because the sort of the wording and the communication 
is key because you've got to sort of realize that that person re really not doesn't want to communicate but possibly can't yeah. you know communicate so the initial thing is to is is to, to to sort of talk about it and i mean on a on a and this is difficult you know one of what i'll speak about this later on i want you know my my best i when i was first diagnosed with with uh, bipolar i was diagnosed with 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 obviously suicidal depression initially and everybody was was massively sort of shocked because my sort of you know, I guess my sort of tenant, my tennis coaching style is quite loud, energetic. Um, and for, for me to be in the state that I was, um, like I say, really, really, really sort of, really sort of shocked people. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, but I'm really, I'm, I'm, I, I still think to this day, I made the right decision to, because I, I just told everybody, because I did, I did quite a lot of tennis. I did quite a lot of stuff for the LTA at the time. Um, and Cheshire County, Cheshire County um, tennis. I was. Um, I mean, when I was actually, when I was actually diagnosed with with um, with, with depression, it start. It got so bad that I was. I think I was. I think I was the under twelve Cheshire boys um, team manager captain at the time, and I can remember waking I, I was I was crying all night and I woke up in the uh, well I didn't sleep at all and I was due to be going to I can't remember I can't remember the tennis I think it might have been Wrexham something like that to go and and, and I, I couldn't I couldn't do it I was you know my wife at the time I was in tears saying that I can't do this I can't do this and I had to re and that's you know I had to speak to the to the guys that who were absolutely brilliant by the way um but it got to the point where I physically you know, couldn't, couldn't do, could, could not, could not function. So over the, you know, friends of, you know, friends or friends know now, if I go quiet, if I go quiet, then, you know, that's a sort of telltale sign and they will, they will, they will get, they will get in touch, but there's, there's no, there's no quick fix to it, Rob. It's, you've got to be, you know, um, really conscious of, of, of how you sort of how, how you sort of speak to people when they're you know in in that sort of situation but having said that if you know that somebody or you, you know that somebody is suicidal or they you know they're saying you know they're saying things that, that that worry you or if there's an immediate sort of threat of loss of you know loss of life then you you need to sort of take it upon yourself to you know to ring you know possibly even emergency services that you know that that, that type that type of stuff yeah and for i mean from your own point of view ollie did it just get to the point because where you know you were so low you were so everything was so dark that you how did you manage to say something because it sounds like you know and i, I understand what you're saying that when you're in that 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 darkness you're not really looking necessarily for a chink. You can't find a chink of light. You, so mm -hmm. how for yourself did you manage to find a way out? It's a really, it's, it's a really good question because it, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to, uh, to answer that because like you say at the time, you can't, you can't see, um, you know, the woods for the, for, for the trees uh, and, um, it was support from from my my wife, my, my, my ex at the time, friends, friends, family, and because it was a really scary time because you can't see, you can't, you just can't. I mean, you're living almost day to day, minute minute to minute. You can't, you know, you can't feasibly see yourself in the future because you, you know, you're sitting there wanting to end your life. So and you're used, you feel useless, you're guilty, and. It has happened to me a few times over the years, but there's just that inner, you know, knowing you. It's it's. I, I've had experience now that I can draw upon, and when it does, when it does happen, I know in my heart of hearts that it will go away eventually. Yeah. Uh, it will take a little bit of time. It will take a little bit of time. That's what I want people to understand that it, that, you know, that just because you're suicidal doesn't mean that you don't have to. You don't have to end your life. You're not. You're not useless. You're not. You know. There's often the guilt isn't. It, it's not. It's not. It's not warranted. Um, and it just take. It just takes a bit of time, and and eventually you start to. There's a lot of good help out there. The, the doctors that treated me were were amazing. I've had some 
some great help from charities. Like, I'll probably move on to it later from, from people at Movember and things, that, things like that and, and Mind as well. They've been great. And eventually you do, you know, it might be the case that you that you go down the sort of medication route. You might, you know, that you might get you might get some antidepressants and they, you know, they take maybe sort of a couple of weeks to sort of get into your system. And you gradually start to feel a little bit better and you gradually start to do the little things that I taught. Like I, like I said, you know, you, you might get up and you clean your teeth or you have a shower and, you know, and have some breakfast. I mean, a lot of the time I didn't eat, you know, I didn't eat just just things that people would take for granted every day that, that are yeah. just, you know, things, things that you do. They become really difficult. And, and if you get yourself try your best to get yourself into a have a little bit of structure during the day and it starts to it will start to ease and then once you get yourself in a position where you can do those things one thing that's really helped me over the years and I've done it sporadically but I know it helps me so much running is a big running is a big thing for me so exercise um is 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 huge and I mean you know, I've, I've had to do it. I've, you know, I've had to sort of start again recently where, um, you know, I, I, you know, I've have been, I have been unfit and, and, you know, um, heavier than I've, you know, than, than I've wanted to be. So I actually started off this time with a bit of walking early in the mornings and things like that. I gradually build it up and, you know, I'm back up to doing sort of five sort of 10 K runs and things like that, but trying to keep it, you know, regular, and you know and a, and a constant you don't have to exercise every day I'm not, not I'm not I'm not saying that but a regular sort of you know sort of regime where you know you can sort of you know build it up steadily how one of the most important things if you that, if you is that, that's something you're really passionate about in terms of a, a message for everyone is is the benefits of exercise and, and not just for your the fitness of your body for the fitness of your mental health yeah, I, I mean, I read something. I, I'm not sure whether these stats are true. But I read something. I read. I read something on the on the internet the other day about, obviously, you know, the the because I, I was starting from a point where I actually I've actually become quite unfit, and as a tennis coach, that is, you know, that's that's <laughs> that's not 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 massively helpful when you're on your feet and walking around all day, and you know, you're trying to hit in with juniors that are good players and things like that, and you, you know, you're sweating after five minutes and so on and so forth. So. I, I read that, you know, in terms of sort of, you know, physio physiological changes to your body that can it, once you start to exercise, that can start to happen within weeks, you know, with it, with, with, you know, within a week or two weeks or so on and so forth. And you can start to feel yourself become physically fitter, but you can actually that you could, you know, you, you can change your sort of the way you're feeling mentally within within a few minutes of doing of, of, of doing some sort of you know some sort of exercise and it, you know even if it's even if it's a walk to start off with getting you know getting some fresh air but I I find that that you know I, I want to sort of try and I, I, now that I'm getting a bit fitter I can start to push myself a little bit more and I'm not saying go out go completely crazy just you know I can start to push the distances a bit further or I can start to do a slightly bit of a quicker run Something like that, because one, when I'm in that mode, let's say, let's say I do a, a 5k or something like that, and you and you, you know, you you're giving it, you're giving it some for sort of half an half an hour or so. My mind is, my mind is, my mind is clear. I, you know, sort of any sort of creativity sort of comes to me in those in those sort of times, and 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 you know, all your worries tend to sort of go away a little bit when you you know your heart's pumping and you you've got sweat on and and, and so on and so forth and the, the more you do that the more that sort of creeps into the you know in, into the rest of your life yeah and for and for the tennis coaches listening and I know we hit in and I know but we're we're facilitating we're coaching we're, we're trying to do our best for our pupils we're not my you know, when I'm coaching, I'm not doing it for my exercise. I'm not exercising in a way we, I get the buzz from the coaching and helping people, but I don't get that incredible sense of well-being that and, and happiness that you get from doing a run or, or playing something when you're playing a sport. You know, it's one of the reasons actually I've really enjoyed like doing pickleball and doing paddle is because 
I feel the buzz of the exercise in my own right. I'm not coaching, I'm playing, you know, and, and, you know, because of the fact that coaching can be very antisocial hours, you don't always get the opportunity to look after yourself. No. And, and I mean, like I said, like initially, like so recently, you know, once you start, you know, if you do get slightly out of shape, I suppose once once you start doing the exercise again, I mean, you're you, you're shattered sort of sort of later on, and it's a sort of chicken and egg scenario where I'm thinking, shall I do my exercise, even though I know, you know, I'm I know I, I maybe I'm due on court later on, or something like that, and I'm just standing up, I'm absolutely goosed from doing some, you know, some running for me. So there's, you know, like you said, just if you can sort of build it up. A little bit it's it's it, it's so important it, it's so important because you know it, it tennis coaching is hard yeah um it's not you know there's there's um we uh you know one of, one of my best friends uh, uh callum gowling doc, dr cal was on your was on your podcast um you know last year i think and you know we we um during lockdown um Callum mainly, obviously, it was his with his content came up with a, um, uh, a a course that we actually got accredited by the LTA just before they went into their uh, independent learning uh, scenario. So we did we had about a few months just before they went into that where we could do face to face coach ed courses, and we and we came up with this uh, with this coach ed course called Coping with Coaching because part of Callum's PhD was to interview coaches and one of the things that came out of it was that that whilst coaching is a really rewarding job and we love it we love it as coaches there are some big challenges there um you know including the sort of you know the sort of loneliness side you know that 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 the, the the loneliness of being a tennis coach the the the, the, the time during the dead time during the day where you know you've got a lot you know there might not be huge amounts to do and then you've got to get yourself you know you've got to get yourself up for coaching at four o'clock again five you know five o'clock and a lot of tennis a lot of tennis coaching is a is about putting on a on a show you know and 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 um you've got to be bang on for each one of your lessons that you that 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 you that you do and that takes that takes a lot of energy out of you you know um and like you said, there's, you know, there's, there's issues surrounding sort of work-life balance, that type of thing, strains on relationships and things. So coaching, coaching is hard. And we, you know, we put this, we put this course together and the ones that we did do face-to-face were amazing because you've got tennis coaches starting to talk to each other in a sort of, almost like a sort of therapy environment. And towards the end of it, it was just, it was just coaches getting a lot of stuff off their chest. And it was, you know, it was really eye-opening. We're going, we're going to look into put, putting these courses back on again because it really what it, it was it, it was pop it was popular, um, but it was it was fascinating to 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 get coaches talking in a sort of environment where they felt safe and not and um, you know something that hasn't really sort of happened before. So um, I joined one of the online ones actually, Ollie, during lockdown that that Callum put on. You may have been there yourself, and um, yeah. it was so lovely just to be able to have honest and open conversations with other coaches and and helping each other because of the kind of challenges that coaches face and 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 I think yeah I mean you know once you get those back up and running please do let us know because I'd love to spread the word that's for sure um because they're just such brilliant just brilliant ways of spending your time and you know of, of of from a well-being point of view and um yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, if you think about bands who go on tour and they perform and and it can be very, very kind of draining on bands, I'm sure, when they perform and they're performing, what, for two hours a night where they'll go out and do two hours a night. Tennis coaches can perform for six to eight hours a day, you know, and yeah. every lesson is a new performance. And, and I love that, you know, I love nothing more than oh. losing myself in that. But that can be a tiring business, can't it? You know, it can be challenging. So I'm sure there'll be people out there listening who will, the coaches will understand what we're saying. I mean, coming, coming back to tennis, you know, in, I, I know we, we touched on it in the intro, Ollie, but, you know, you've said that, that tennis has saved your life. You know, is, has it always been that constant positive coming through 
that, that's helped you get through? Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's always you know pretty much from when I can re uh, remember, I've been involved in you know involved in tennis some way or another whether it was being you know whether it's been um you know playing as a junior or you know I've been coaching now if I if I include that sort of from from the age of 15 I've been coaching for sort of 20 25 years I suppose yeah. um and you know it's it's been you know it's it's been my life you know the club the, the the club that I've been at most recently I was there for I was there for 15 years uh, I just just I was I was handed my notice recently actually um but they were they've been an unbelievable support to me um you know because I think I was you know so sort of open and sort of honest about my my scenario it's a, it's amazing the it's amazing when you put yourself out there and you put yourself out there, you know a bit you know you're vulnerable Sort of admitting these yeah. things, especially as a, especially as a man, you know, a sort of young man, at sort of admitting these 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 issues. But there are there are so many people out there that will help. And uh, I, you know, tennis is going back to your question in terms, you know, has tennis tennis saved my life? Yeah, absolutely. In 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 se in several different ways, I'd say. You know, just being able, you know, being I I, I still enjoy I still enjoy playing. So that's that's for one. But the, the the main the main thing has been the community that it's a sense of community that I that I felt from from tennis, be it um, you know the the the, the committee at, um, at Brooklyn's, which is where, where where I've been coaching, or my friends through tennis, or that that you know. I know the LTA take a, take take a bit of stick every now and again, but they've been they've been absolutely amazing for me. You know the the friends over the years that I've they've got some wonderful people that work for the LTA and and they were they 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 will keep in touch. Um, you know they know if I'm you know if I'm quiet or go people 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 will get in touch and if I if I didn't if I hadn't had that sort of almost sort of safety net of, of tennis I, I genuinely I genuinely don't know mm. um where I would be so I say I'd say it was more tennis on a, on a sort of holistic level rather than rather because obviously the game is amazing itself I, I would also say that you know learning learning to play tennis there are so many life uh, I, I promote this I think it's the most amazing game um uh, to play because you you get so many skills from learning it growing up you know the one-to-one -one, thinking for yourself the sort of resilience the the life skills the social aspect as you know Rob you can you know I could get a job in I don't know somewhere across the world you know there's going to be a tennis club there you know there's going to be like-minded people you can you know that you can that you can get you can get involved in and it's, such, it's such a wonderful sport and it it I could say it in the, in the sort of holistic sort of sense of the world. It, it, word it, it has it has saved my life. Well, I, I, I don't believe there's a better sport out there for teaching you what life is about in terms of the need to work hard. You know, if you can work hard at any job, you, well, you're just an amazing starter, and you have to work hard as a tennis player. If you can get on with people, if you can learn about being a member of a community, it's the same in a workplace. The resilience that you have to learn by calls going against you, by just the nature of the sport is you're going to lose as many times as you're probably going to win. The persistence that keeps you going when you have, you know, bad times on the tennis court, but you keep going. I genuinely don't think there's a better better way of learning life lessons and it's lovely to hear that you know from yourself I think the other thing I'd say though mate and it's just the amazing sense that I get of, of chatting of just how brave you are to to talk about these things to you know to put yourself out there and and I'm sure you've helped so many people through the articles that you've written and, and through things like hopefully coming on the podcast that, you know, that you're helping yeah. people but I, I don't know whether you get that you know whether that's a characteristic you would seeing yourself man but it's there you know i feel you. your bravery is amazing um i mean i know you know we're, we're in the midst of november now and and uh for a lot of people november you know it means seeing people growing mustaches but you know it is a charity who has done some incredible work in the field of of men's mental health you know what's your role ollie been with november and and why is it that you're such a big believer in their work 
Um, well, my role, so I, I think I, I got involved with, with Movember um, through, uh, it was about, to, oh, it was probably 10, yeah, probably 10 years ago now well maybe 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 not quite 10 years but it's it's certainly been it's certainly been a, a, a good amount of time and initially i got involved I'd, I'd done some speeches for um for the lta and and my the pe people from mind were, were were in the room and they got in touch with me saying that um that the had you had i heard of the men's charity movember um and they they were wanted because obviously they initially was uh, sort of um their, their main subjects were around prostate cancer and testicular cancer and then they went into the mental health space and um i got a phone call from them saying ollie would you and i, I was actually really depressed at the time really bad and i i turned my phone off because i couldn't deal with it anyway i turned the phone on and there was a there was a message saying, Ollie, would would I would I be prepared to go down to London and do a Sky a live Sky News interview for wow. for Movember? And I can remember switching my phone on, and I, I was I was toiling with myself, thinking I was thinking, Ollie, this is such a great opportunity. This is what I wanted to sort of do to try and sort of raise awareness. And but I was nervous. I was scared. Anyway, they took me. They they took me down to London. This was November. This was and. I, did this interview on 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 Sky News with one of the one of the founders of 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 Movember, and ever since ever since then I've been involved. I've, I've been heavily involved because well, the, the first thing is I want to say that the people that, that work at Movember they're the, mo they're the most wonderful people. Uh, they're, they're absolutely incredible. But I've I've seen how the charities changed over the years, and they've gone more and more into the men's mental health side of things and certainly into sort of suicide prevention so I, my my official role with them now is that i'm a i'm a sports ambassador for for them but i've done some you know sort of videos and it's sort of interviews a bit like just sort of like like like, like we're doing here today that that sort of that sort of stuff to sort of raise awareness but the this year um they've so that one of their partners is is L'Oreal Men Expert. So if you if you would, they've done some great stuff, and they've linked with um, this year with with Peter Crouch, uh, with Jamie Redknapp, um, uh, and I'm just I'm just trying to think, Jermaine Genus, yeah. to talk about there's a there's a campaign called Be a Wingman campaign this year, and that is all about. Um, opening up and trying to get men talking about their, their their mental health not just not just from people that are suffering from mental health issues but if you're you know if you're a friend of somebody to open up those you know to spark those conversations about uh, um to hope to get men feeling comfortable that they, that they can that they can show their vulnerable side so that's that's the idea is that that, that to you know safely speak without worrying about what people think um uh yeah showing you showing your vulnerable side so um i'll, I'll plug it now if you go to movember.com slash men expert there's some really really good stuff on there um especially regarding you know some of the stuff i spoke about earlier about how to start a conversation with somebody that might be you know, might be really poorly, but generally, if you head over to the Mo to the Movember, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to grow a moustache. You don't have to do all these things. You know, it's great if you can, but you don't have to. You go go on to Movember and have and have a look at some of the amazing work that they're doing, especially surrounding suicide prevention. Yeah, and be a good wingman. Just like in terms of if you've got, I guess if you've got friends who who have been who have gone quiet, you know, who you haven't heard from. Yeah. Even just being a good friend is getting in touch with them. It may be that they're absolutely fine, eh? Could but be. Could be. Just, yeah. What's the harm in checking in with a friend and seeing exactly. you? Are you okay? Exactly. Mate? Yeah, exactly. Just asking the question, are you okay, mate? And, and, and you know, but also, like I say, so if somebody is really, really poorly, really depressed, they might not, they might not, I've been done this over the, they might not text you back. They might not answer you, but please, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the, it doesn't you know it doesn't mean that they haven't read the messages it doesn't mean that they that they they, they, they you know they um, they will know that you're there for them 
yeah. just sometimes you need to give you know give them a just a little bit of time to come out of that way of thinking and i'm sure they'll you know i'm sure they'll be in touch but just just you know for me personally just to get those messages from friends saying how you do mate you okay it knows that they're out there you know that they're out there you know that they're thinking about you and that in itself is a is a is a huge help so um yeah and and you know in terms of like in terms of of that i think what you have a look at the november website you know they, they've obviously made some amazing information available i'll make sure i put a link on that ollie um thank you on the, the podcast episode as well and and yeah great work um i mean where, where are you now ollie where are you at with your adventures through life you know <laughs> where uh yeah so uh, you know uh, i've had quite a big upheaval rob recently uh i so i sort of touched on it touched on it earlier that um i've been a tennis coach at um at uh, a club in uh, brooklyn's in in manchester for the last uh, for the last 15 years been head coach been head coach there uh and i'm you know i'm massively proud of what 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 i achieved at brooklyn's it's, it was it was it was quite a journey uh but recently so <laughs> Recently, my so I was living in Sale, just across the road from the from the club. Um, my landlords decided that they wanted to sell their flat, so I um, I had to move out. And at the se- at the same time, um, at the same time, the the club brought me in and actually you know gave me my notice for my job. So I was a few weeks ago, I was essentially uh, jobless <laughs> and homeless as well as I've uh, been suffering from sort of, you know, depression on and off quite badly for, you know, since, since lockdown and during, you know, during lockdown. Um, so, you know, that's, was, you could sort of look, I and I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I'm not, I'm not, that's not, that's not the point of this. It, 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 one sense, there was a, there's been a lot going on um, internally and externally. And, uh, you know, when you sort of, break it down you you know there were people some of my friends saying oh you must feel like you're sort of at rock bottom type thing and I guess over the years there have been times where I felt that I was at, at rock bottom but but this this time you know it's what it what it's done is it's I, I've been living with my mum so back over in Lincolnshire for the last sort of six seven weeks and it's it's given me a bit of time to really sort of reassess and and think and it's it's given me a great opportunity to to um sort of to change my uh, to you know to change my life for for the better because i you know it's you know i've been sort of wrestling with the question of do i still want to do i still want to coach and the answer to that is overwhelmingly yes, because I, I absolutely love it. I say, you know, tennis is ingrained in me now. I, I, I definitely want to coach. And, and you know, I, again, Callum, Callum's been absolutely amazing the last few weeks. I've been in touch pretty much most days. And he, you know, he does some work at um, uh, a club called Birchwood in, in Warrington, um, which is still in still in Cheshire. So not not far away from where, from where I was. Um he rang me up and he said, Ollie, do you, you know, this was probably about, you know, I've been at my mum's for maybe two or three weeks. So I was gradually starting to feel a bit better, starting to exercise, feeling more and more positive. And he was like, well, do you want me to mention to the guys at, um, to the guys at Birchwood that, um, you know, you might want to do some work? And I was like, I was, <laughs> I was, that was the first time that I really had to think about sort of you know change you know get doing doing something new for for a long time um my initial sort of thought was oh you know everybody in cheshire and you know you know around the country i suppose knows my 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 situation regarding my mental health because i've been so open about it i was thinking you know what has that actually could that work against me now because I've been so open about it that you know sometimes I'm you know I can't be as consistent as I want to be coaching wise there's time there's times that I have you know I have to have time off work and I'm thinking oh god have I chopped myself in the foot by being so honest and uh and they you know the, the wonderful guys are so certainly to to you know to Alex and to Jordan at, at Birchwood you know they, they they got in touch and uh they you know they, they said that they'd really like me to 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 get involved which was such a lovely feeling because I just wasn't you know 
I wasn't sure how, how it would pan out. So I'm going to, I'm sorry, mate, I'm waffling on, but I'm going to go back to your, to go back to your. You're not waffling on. Do you know, like the thing I'm just completely immersed in, in listening. And when, when anyone is dealt a double whammy. Yeah. Of like losing your house and then losing your job. I mean, that, that's an incredible challenge for challenges for anyone, yeah. for anyone. And, and to be able to hear that, you know, and you've, you've got the treble whammy there of, of, of being depressed, you know, yeah, exactly. so yeah. when you've, what I find incredibly life affirming Ollie is that you've, you've dealt with it. You know, you, you've, you've yeah. to a degree here, you've practiced what you preached. Because well, this is the thing, I, and I want this to be, you know, for people that are listening, I want this to be, I don't want this to be a sob story. I don't want this to be, uh, you know, some certain way where people are feeling sorry for me because it's not what, what I would like it to be is a proof of, uh, of positivity that, that things can and will turn around, especially if you do, you know, if, especially if you do do the right things and, um, but it's got to come from, you know, it's got, to, it, it, it does have to come from within. Nobody, no, no, at the end of the day, nobody can do it for you. You can, people can, people can, uh, can help absolutely. If you've got somebody that's really depressed, they need help. That's the first thing. They need some help. They need, they need gentle, careful support. But once they start to, you know, once, once they start to sort of come out of that, it's, you know, it, 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 the, the strength from, within will 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 sort of get you through it. and that's what i want to sort of get across to people is that you can't you know the strength is in there with you know with, with with all of us that you that you can that you can get through this and that good things do the right things ex, you know get 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 your get your sleep right do some exercise eat well you know, not strength within ollie that strength within that has got you pounding the streets you're yeah. near your mum that that has got you doing something like this, which, you know, which... exactly, exactly. And I haven't done this, you know, I haven't done this sort of, so this is the first interview I've done for quite, for quite a few years, Rob, to be honest, I'm, you know, and it was, you know, it's it, the, the more you do the right things, the more you get that structure into your life, the more the, 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 the opportunity, the opportunities, the opportunities come and the, the, the more positive you are, the more you get the the, the, the positivity. Sort of, you, you attract certain opportunities. And this, you know, when you got in touch about doing this, I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is something that I that I that I really want to do again. And it's something that, you know, going back to what you said before about me going into, you know, doing a bit of coaching. Yes, absolutely, I want to do some coaching. But I'm probably going to do maybe three days a week, something like that. Maybe maybe a bit more once I once I get myself going, and then I want to do my stuff with 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 Callum, so the the coach head stuff, so and the, the the support for coaches. So I think that's really important. Um, yeah. And also, I'm going to do some stuff. Hopefully, well, you know, I, I was down at the National Tennis Centre um, as my obviously as, as well as Movember. I'm a mental health ambassador for, for for British Tennis for the LTA. So I was down there. Try, you know, a few weeks ago, having some meetings with people, and, and I'm and I'm I can't say much about it at the moment, but I'm hoping that there's going to be some there's some real strides, you know, um, coming soon in terms of uh, in in terms of help for the tennis community out there with with, with mental health and a real structure around that. So it's just got my, you know, even though I was and I was a few weeks ago, I was really low, mate. I was I was uh, you know, they say everything all happened at once, but I, from through help from other people and from you know listening to uh, you know I've got <laughs> uh, listening to it, this might not be everybody's cup of tea but there's you know and it's certainly not for kids to listen to but there's, there's a guy called uh, David Goggins out there who's written a book called Can't Hurt Me and I, uh, one of my friends bought me it years ago and yeah. um, it's about this guy that's uh, is an unbelievable character ex um special forces in america and he's an ultra runner and stuff like that and his 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 message is really sort of hardcore in terms of um you know you've got to you've almost got to put yourself through something difficult every day or as much as often as you can and that 
his message is that sort of sort of calluses your mind to and makes you makes you stronger doing the doing these things that that are difficult and that might be you know his his version of difficult is 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 un, unreal but that, you know for, for me what that means is like you say going out you know uh, going out going out for a run when 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 you don't want to do it in the you know in the freezing in the freezing cold and the rain putting myself you know putting myself recently into a difficult situation where i'm i'm trying to get a new job for the first time in 15 years and you know all these you know put, going down to the national tennis center getting myself out of my comfort zone doing something like this rob with you getting myself out of my comfort zone makes you you know all these little things make you make you make you stronger um so that yeah that's where that's where i'm at and i, and I, I think you know having had time to think about it i'd, I'd really love some sort of you know, variety in my life. So about it, coaching, absolutely. But maybe two or three different little sort of projects yeah. where I can keep some, you know, some some uh, some variety in there is going to be really important for me going forward, I think. Mate, well, just brilliant. Well, well done, man. I mean, you know, we're chatting and you're facing these challenges and, and I just find, as I've said, just you're so brave to come on and talk about it, but it's also really inspiring, you know, and, I'm sure there'll be people out there feeling inspired, and and I think let's keep in touch, my friend. Let's keep yeah, in touch. Definitely. And, uh, I'd love to love to have a chat somewhere down the line again. You know, I really would. Um, I mean, if there are, you know, just just one a couple to finish on, but you know, if there's any coaches, there's any listeners out there, you know, and they're thinking, you know, what I'm struggling, I am struggling. You know, what what is your guidance to them, Ollie? Well, it, it well, I suppose the question would be is is to what degree, uh, you know, to what degree are you struggling? If it's you know, if it's um, you know, you're a bit you're a bit down, you're a bit depressed, but it's not you know, it's not not, not sort of suicidal stuff. Then you know, to you know, talk, reaching reaching out initially and talk uh, and talk to people like the sort of November, but you know, be a wing, the be a wingman campaign. There are people out there that, and your your closest friends, if they're you know, if they're good friends, which I'm, they 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 will listen and they will and and you know, they love you. They'll 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 help you out. If there's you know, if it's really bad. And you know you are you have got thoughts where you want to you know you want to end your life and 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 there will be people out there there might even be people listening to this that you know that 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 that's happening to or you know that that's happening to you know to somebody else. There's an amazing um, to what what I've done in the past and recently is reach out to your local uh, so um, around the country there will be local crisis teams so NHS sort of crisis teams but you can find in, you can find the number. Uh, you can google it you can find the number on there and they will you know that they're, they're amazing they, they you know if they can they will rather than you having to go anywhere they they will come they will come to you or uh, they can come to you you know where you, where you live and, and they will they will start they will start to help you out and they're they're they're, they're amazing um these people and this is this is a great question rob because you know over the years i've done a lot of mental health awareness stuff and i get asked this question all the time what is it what 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 can what can we do? And the, the things we can do. And this is why I want to do some work with the LTA and we can, and and others because we can do much. We can we can do much more. We can put we can put systems in place where we can actually get some some practical uh, and actual actual help for people. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're if you're if you're really low, then you have you you absolutely must go to the doctors. Or um, if it's that bad. You go, you, you get yourself, you get yourself to A and E, or if you know somebody that's that, that bad, that's you know that's unfortunately that's the you know um, that's the realist that's the, the realistic sort of um, scenario. Uh, but in terms of what I'd like, to, I, you know, I'd per, I'm quite happy. You know, if, if anybody reaches out to you, for example, Rob, and listens listens to this and reaches out to you, saying, "I'm sure." Please do, you know, I'm not going to give them out now, but please, please do give them my, you know, my contact details and get in touch because at least I can, you know, I can, I can talk to them knowing the fact that I've been through something similar. And if that, if that helps people, please do feel free to, to do that. Well, thanks so much, Ollie. And thank you, you know, so much for sharing your journey, for being so brave and, 
and for just keeping on, man, when you're facing the challenges that you've faced. And uh, yeah, here's here's hoping that the chapter that you're going into, you know, is is a bright one, man. You know, with and it sounds like with Callum and with Birchwood and, and there's some exciting things coming up and keep pounding those streets, my friend. <laughs> I will do. Right. I will do. Rob, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. And it's, you know, these sort of doing these things is quite a sort of cathartic experience for myself because it's sort of, you know, it's sort of, you know, talking and, you know, I'm sort of practicing what I preach in terms of, in, 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 in terms of being able to talk to you. So thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate it. Mate, it's such a pleasure. And and please, you know, I'll put all the links that we've discussed on the episode. And Ollie, I look forward to keeping in touch. So yeah, thank you so abso- much. Absolutely. Thank you, mate. That's all for today, but thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed that, please do hit the subscribe or follow button so you keep up to date with new episodes. And we look forward to welcoming you back to my tennis journey very soon.